Welcome one and all to the Comfy with Carly podcast, where we will work to unravel a variety of intimate topics and learn to lean into the discomfort in a brave and safe space. So grab a blanket, settle in, and let's get comfy together. Welcome back to another episode of the Comfy with Carly podcast. Today, I am recording with one of my bestest friends and amazing frolic, um, <laughs> Siegel. And today's episode actually is going to be the last episode of season one. And it felt very appropriate to wrap it up by asking um, all of you to submit questions anonymously. Um, I realize my content on Instagram sometimes can be rather taboo. And maybe the fact that I do see who is submitting questions on my Instagram was a barrier. And based off some of these questions that I've been asked, I can tell that asking car, ask car anonymously, it was mm-hmm. helpful to do that. Um, so thank you all for tuning in. And also this is my last podcast recording, my last podcast release in my twenties. Uh, so, yeah, so it also mm-hmm. felt very appropriate to end the season here, um, and do it with some wrap up. So thanks Barry for joining yeah. me and uh, making this so that not everyone has to listen to my voice for <laughs> time. <laughs> Happy for people to listen to this voice for a, a couple of a couple of minutes <laughs> Barry might be a familiar voice to all of you she's been on here at least once for the mm-hmm. emergency comfy episode mm-hmm. um, and then it, the pride oh yes and she uh submitted her story for pride her amazing story for pride um so you've heard before but I don't know that we've ever really tackled like how we know each other no Uh, and I do think it's a really great story um it Mm kind of goes hand in hand with one of the questions that someone asked because we are later in life friends. It's true. For those of you that don't know, Barry and I both used to work for a teen youth group. Barry was on the team as our social worker. So naturally studying to be a therapist, I wanted to gravitate towards whoever we hired to be our social worker. Lucky for me though, it was Barry. Uh, we were pretty much thrown outside of the interview process. Once you were hired, thrown into a yes. hotel room for a weekend together and told like, all right, here you go. You're Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So thankful that it worked out the way it did. Truly, truly. Yeah. Is nothing like, and you know, people say soulmates or like reconnecting with someone really quickly or energies. And for so long, I think people believed it had to be like a romantic partner. And I don't feel that way because I feel that you are someone who has been, was meant to be in my life in the time Uh, you came into it. You make me cry. (laughs) Yes, I agree. That's always my goal. Um, (laughs) And that's who Barry is to me. That's, you know, we were thrown into a work environment together and just became part of each other's support systems really quickly. And now I have the honor of standing next to her in less than two months when she gets married. Yes. Yes. Yep. Uh, I mean, I'll just ditto everything. I'm, I'm very, I definitely count myself as a very lucky person to have met you uh, when I did. And I definitely, yeah, feel like we connected super quickly and it's because we've 
probably connected before in some other lifetime or 12, who knows, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So today's episode is, like I said before, going to be very asking questions that all of you had submitted anonymously um, through my story the last few days. Uh, Some of the questions relate to like me and my life. Some of them relate to therapy in general, and some relate to sex and relationship therapy. And some is just like advice. Mm -hmm. Um, and Barry is going to also chime in. Part of the reason I asked her to co-host is because we do a really good job with our banter. I like to call it flanter now. I got that from Love Island UK UK, flirty banter. And I feel like you can flanter with anyone. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm screaming. I love that. I have not watched Love Island UK, but that may have, uh, that may have just piqued my interest. That's hilarious. I love that. Uh, Uh, yeah. So yeah, should we get started? What's the cool. first question? Cool. Cool. So I figured since, uh, this is comfy with Carly, the first question should be about Carly. So, um, what did you see yourself doing when you were younger? Mm. This is a two-part question or answer, I guess. At one point, totally owning a dance studio. I oh, thought it was my uh huh, a dance instructor. I thought I was then going to open up my own studio. Um, that didn't last very long, and then it became doctor. And doctor pretty much sticked all the way until my freshman year in college. With then everyone go back to the first episode. You'll hear the story. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no surprise with the doctor. But yes, I wanted to own my own dance studio. I thought I was oh, yeah. gonna yeah be the next like shuffling around person at dance competitions oh my god I will have to tell my mother that she has to listen because she will get a kick out of this uh for people who don't know my mom's a dance teacher who owned a dance studio so I'm sure hearing uh, one of my best friends having that dream will be will tickle her in a in a yes that's awesome that's so cool I didn't know that about you I love that yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so the next question for you, have you ever cried during a movie? Oh my gosh. Yes. Movie, TV show, song, commercial. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> podcast, you name it. Um, <laughs> I happy cry. I sad cry. I angry cry. I cry when I am proud of someone on TV. That is a fictional character that I've met in the first 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Um, for a while I'll share too. I was embarrassed by it. I used to like hide it in at movie theaters and I thought mm-hmm. it was not like a good thing. Um, and now I'm around people that both poke fun and embrace the fact that I cry a lot. Well, for them, um, (laughs) and if you need to cry at the people you don't know on the screen, do it. Feels good. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. How about you? Do you cry during movies? Oh my God. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Um, there was a movie, P.S. I Love You, right? Gerard Butler and uh, Hilary Swank, I think. And I saw it when it was out in theaters um, with two other friends and we bawled the entire time. And we still reference that as like one of the greatest cries of our lifetime. So, yeah. <laughs> so needed. It's so needed. Do you like, I know you said that you'll cry when you're proud or cry when like in lots of different types of things, but 
does anything in particular like really get you like if you really knew you needed to cry like would there be something that you would just like be like yes like I know that this is a foolproof cry <laughs> cry paper, oh yes and I can feel myself <laughs> turning red. actually I'm just gonna oh, no. it um okay. for all of you to know that listen and know me personally or just follow my Instagram I'm literally obsessed with uh Stassi Schroeder and Blow Clark on Vanderpump post Vanderpump rules now um and uh, watching scenes with them together where they work through their relationship or she's talking about how much she loves him or he loves her there's a few in particular that I can think of um me and I think it's because I relate I've had a lot of not great relationships in the past, similar to hers. Um, and I often reference that my partner, Eric is my Beau Clark. Um, oh. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes if I feel I need to cry, that's what I do. I turn on a scene from Vanderpump rules that, oh my gosh. yeah. <laughs> How about you? But I love that. I love that. I think that that just like goes to show, like you can use anything to do that. Like it doesn't have to be sad. You can just like, if you need to get something out, like it can be because you see yourself in that identity like yeah. or yeah oh, yeah absolutely so cool. <laughs> I love it oh, okay cool um and also sorry if there are animals in the background of this it okay it happens uh this is podcasting baby all right so we did a couple questions about you let's maybe do a couple of questions uh some advice questions sure Okay, so let's do like a relationship communication question. Like mm. we're both therapists and I feel like a lot of what we see with like with couple clients or people with relationship stuff, it almost always boils down to communication. Yes. <laughs> so communication with partners. This is the question um, where one has anxiety. Can you share more on how you would recommend a couple communicating where only one of them has, has anxiety. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head before saying that a lot of the relationship mm-hmm. issues we see, if we boil it down to like the skills needed to work through it, it comes to communication. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest thing with communication, and I know that this is something that I've repeatedly said is creating that intentional space. There is nothing worse as a person who has anxiety and works with people who have anxiety. There's nothing worse than wait, you know, sitting there and waiting for someone to come up to you to say something or someone coming up to you unknown and unprovoked. Um, creating that intentional space allows for minimal distraction. It allows for both parties to prepare what they want to say reacting and responding, right? You can react, respond Mm -hmm. rather than react. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of anxiety is unknown. It's the unknown that makes us anxious. If you know that at, I don't know, 5 PM on a Thursday, you're going to sit down and check in with your partner and have open communication. It takes away part of that unknown. Mm -hmm. That would be my first piece of advice. How about you? No, I think that's great. And um, so definitely like the space. Uh, so would you say that that would be like a, like a couple's con, like a, like a regular couple's meeting? Like, what would you call that? Yeah. Um, I like to call them check-ins. 
Um, yeah, I, I have seen numerous different therapists refer to them as different things. For me, meetings always seem very, very formal. When you say a meeting, it makes me think of work and not that this check-in shouldn't be work because you're putting in the work for your relationship, but the same way we do self check-ins or, you know, a check-in with your therapist, a check-in with your doctor, you're doing a check-in in your relationship and it doesn't need to be a word that is so daunting. I actually have had, um, a couple client that put a completely different name to it. They came up with like, it was their, it was their time and it was a once a week thing. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, take their word from them, but mm-hmm. if been check-in seems too formal, like, mm-hmm. okay, this is our, I don't know, snuggle time. Right. And we sit right. on the couch and we look at each other and we talk about things that mm-hmm. need to be talked about. Um, oh. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, and I know you said you asked me and I didn't, I don't want to ignore the fact that you asked me, but I wanted to ask back. Um, I would say the same thing um, about really creating that intentional space. And I guess I would also say, like, if there's one partner that is familiar with anxiety because they have it and the other partner isn't as familiar with anxiety, for the other partner to do some of their own research, some of their own learning, um, and just kind of get an understanding of like, what does anxiety actually mean? What, what does that look like? Like, obviously you have the input from your partner, but also just kind of getting like an objective idea of what it is, Mm -hmm. I think can sometimes help. Um, Yeah, that would be another kind of suggestion that I guess I would have or a piece of advice. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much and I round out this question or the answer to this question rather was saying, it's okay to go to couples counseling also, right? It's yes. okay to with a therapist who specializes in couples and say, I have anxiety, my partner does not, and we're having issues communicating or mm-hmm. we communicate well. I just think it can be better because couples counseling is there to build on already existing skills as well. So, yes. uh, you know, if you feel you need more added skills, feel free to reach out to me um, for future workshops or offerings. And go on psychology today and find yourself a couples counselor um, Mm -hmm. in your area. And if you're in Michigan and want a couples counselor and there's no immediate connection for us here, feel free to look me up too. Yes. Plug myself here. (laughs) Please, please. I will shamelessly plug you too. Yes. Like look Carly up. Um, She's amazing. Oh, cool. All right. Awesome. So I think that that was a great way to round out that answer. So we'll do another like advice therapist-y question. Well, this is a little outside of therapy, but kind of not. I feel like another thing that we see a lot in addition to like relationship stuff is um, young adults dealing with like isolation, um, especially with the pandemic and just like in general, it's hard to create relationships and friendships. So the question is, um, how do you make friends at our age? And the question prefaces like around 25 to 35. So any thoughts there? Oh, <laughs> uh, you are so, whoever asked this, you are so not alone in feeling this no. way. Our whole lives, friends are kind of built into the system. We start and it's our parents, our guardians, uh, friends, kids, then we're in school, then we're in extracurriculars and then we're in college. And then maybe you enter a job that has people around your own age, like Mm -hmm. I got with Barry and other people that I met through that job. 
maybe. So that do right. It's not built in anymore. Um, My biggest suggestion is to put yourself out there. And I know that sucks, especially if you're an introvert, but joining leagues, getting one other friend to do it with you, if it makes you more comfortable um, going and getting involved in community service, um, getting involved in organizations. I'm Jewish and there's a lot of organizations specifically for uh, people who identify with the Jewish faith for to make friends. And I'm willing to bet that that's out there for other faith-based organizations as well. There's ways to do it. It just is an effort. And mm-hmm. if you don't want to leave your house, I know Bumble has like Bumble BFF that has worked for people who have had to move to new areas for work or whatever it may be. Um, so there's no shame in that either. I think there's like a stigma behind meeting a friend, like a best friend on an app. Well, mm-hmm. we got rid of that with dating. So let's get rid of that with friendship too. A hundred percent. Yeah. But- like so much of what we do is online at this point. So why stigmatize creating friendships? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, and I felt like a little weird doing it, like sliding into people's DMs that you have like-mindedness with, right? I have made amazing connections with people via Instagram because we share like a like-minded mission in what we want to do in our careers, or Mm -hmm. they posted something that I loved that was artistic. So, and we just started talking and will I meet these people in person? The goal is like, yes, eventually. Right. But like you said, we have technology now. You can grow a friendship and not be in the same city or the same state. Absolutely. Oh, great. Yeah. And this person stated too in their question, like, you know, it's not like college, but in college, even though, yes, we had classes and we had dorms, um, you still like went to the festival where all the organizations were you still went to like some people rushed some people like you said like went to faith-based organizations like Hillel's on campus if they're Jewish so like even when it is kind of there for us there is still work that we have to do so also kind of having that reframe of like you know, I, I have had to put in the work before. So it doesn't just because I, I, you know, I'm not in college anymore. doesn't mean that, um, that I, I can't do that again. Yeah. And it kind of feels like dating. Like every time yeah. I, I make a new friend, I really feel like, yeah, I, I we're flantering, we're flirting, bantering, and we're right. Getting to know each other and asking each other questions and then like making a date and I get butterflies. Right. right? So like date your friends. Yeah. Look at it that way. Maybe it would also help, right? If you're actively trying to look for, or you have in the past dated, try to do something similar. Yes. Look at that. How fun. Cool. I hope that helps. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's do like a quick little check back with you. What time do you usually go to bed? I love that. <laughs> I was like, you really want to know? Am I posting that late? Um, it really depends. I'll be honest. I'm a really, really bad sleeper. I go through insomnia periods where I am up for days on end and can still function. I don't recommend it for anyone. Um, I'd say the earliest I will put myself in bed is about 10 30, 11. Um, it's a safe bet if I am in bed by one. Uh, 
Eric, my partner, usually falls asleep on the couch and then it's up to me when we go to bed. Oh. Uh, so that's a that's a really loaded question. And thank you to whoever asked that because it's such a lighthearted question too. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Sleep's sleep's an interesting one. So everything it, it affects has, sleep. It really does. Um, like this type of thing that could maybe be an intrusive thought. What was the stupidest thing you thought as a kid? <laughs> Amazing segue. Uh, so before we started recording, I was looking at the questions with Barry and I was like, I think this might be the hardest question for me. <laughs> um, and what I came to, and this is just one of, cause I'm sure I'll sit here later and think of is like how rushed I felt to get my life started and to be an adult. And I've seen so many memes recently about like how, like as a kid, I wish I was an adult, like how stupid was I? And I, as excited as I am to enter my thirties and how happy I am to finally be getting things figured out in my career and my relationship. And like, I really th- feel like my thirties, I'm going to thrive and they're going to be magical AF I keep saying that too. Um, I definitely wish I would have embraced more of like the childhood and the kid and I felt I needed to rush to beat society's standards because guess what? Society's standards changed, I think within five years or something. And so when I was trying to rush to meet society standards, people were getting married at 24, 25. And then I did the right. And now it's later. So it didn't right. even that I was trying to meet society standards. One, it wasn't in the cards for me. And two, that's no longer society standards. Right. I guess that's also something stupid. I thought as a kid <laughs> is giving into society standards. Um, because I definitely am my own person. Uh so yeah. Mm, I think I answered that in a few different answers. No, I think that I, yeah, I mean it's stupid in that we don't we just how could we know otherwise like it's just one of those like you don't know what you don't know until you have that hindsight and (laughs) now we have a little bit of that hindsight and it's like oh the adults were warning us the whole time yes yes (laughs) I feel like that's like a rite of passage like to be a kid and want to be an adult and to be an adult and want to be a kid a thousand percent yes so inner child work is important <laughs> um but that's that's deep stuff so let's but this is this could be a deep question so um how do you feel if I kind of toss you a like as a therapist here's a kind of challenging relationship question let's do it all right how would you approach um opening up a relationship mm-hmm. and this is kind of like within the same question, if there's guilt of, you know, wanting to have sex with other people outside of the relationship, how do you kind of manage that guilt? Mm-hmm. Oh, such a good question. Get to use my uh, sexpert knowledge here. Yes. Um, so yes, two part question. One, how do you go about opening or having that conversation, open communication, creating that intentional space and coming with the idea that the conversation might be a little uncomfortable if it's not something that you've talked about before. If sex and your relationship and monogamy is not a conversation you've had before, right? Maybe setting that intentional space so the person has the opportunity to think about how they feel about this because it might be something they haven't thought about and, Mm -hmm. and continuing the conversation, right? If 
what you want kind of gets shut down because it's coming from a place of reaction and discomfort and lack of understanding and lack of like exploring a potential desire Right. coming back to it. Also, I urge to look at why you want to open the relationship. I know part of this question was like, I, what do you do about feelings of guilt? Because you love the person, but right. it's seen sometimes with couples that they, that someone wants to open it because they think that could save the relationship. Uh Um, so I think looking at why you are interested in opening up the relationship and making that a conversation with your partner and you need to be on the same page. There needs to be expectations, rules, guidelines, whatever you want to set it. But when you decide to open up your relationship, that's what needs to happen. Um, and if you want more information about all of that, you can always go see a sex therapist or come onto um, my page sometime in the next couple of months because there will be a rebrand and we're going to be talking more about sex stuff. Um, as far as guilt, like as we know as therapists, the feelings of guilt and shame come from you thinking you're doing something wrong. So that's a lot of inner work. That is where sex therapy or an individual therapist, or if you know, you need to just talk it out with someone looking at where is this feeling of guilt coming from? Is it coming because I've been told monogamy is the only way of having a relationship? So this seems shameful or guilty or wrong. Did my partner say something? Has someone, you know, where is that feeling of guilt come from? Would be my first suggestion and my first step as a therapist with a client identifying like, what is this guilt? What does this mean to you? Amazing. Wow. You're, You're looking like, at me very impressed. <laughs> I, like, I, I, I know that like podcasting isn't a visual medium, but I've been like nodding my head like a fucking parrot like this whole time. Like I'm just like, yes, 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 everything. Um, just the fact that you can kind of be like, oh yeah, let me just hit that question really quick with like a full elevator pitch of like, <laughs> I don't know. I, yes, I, okay, I'll give uh, snaps and shout outs to the Modern Sex Therapy <laughs> Institutes here. They have taught me so much and yes. advisor is amazing too. I love that. Yeah. So color me impressed. Um, <laughs> I'm not surprised, but it's just cool to see. So look at that. Um, my dad and my parents feel very similarly. <laughs> like, <that's> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. How are you feeling? Do you want to, we have a couple if, questions. Yeah. What if we do, I know there's quite a few left. I'm happy mm-hmm. to like save some of them for another episode sure. or I'll do an Instagram live or something. Um, maybe do like two more, two more. Alrighty. Cool. Feels natural. That number came out for some reason. We'll follow it. I, I'm, I'm there. I felt like a couple questions more would be good. So I'm, I'm there with you. Let's see. Hmm. Is it true that everything happens for a reason? Mm. <laughs> it's, it's such a loaded question because I think a lot of it has to come back to like faith-based for people uh, where I feel my answer is separate from my Jewish mm-hmm. background and what I believe faith and spiritually wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe everything happens for a reason. 
Um, I don't necessarily mean that everything is planned out for us. So like this has to happen for something else to happen. What I mean, it happened for a reason so that you could grow and learn from it. So, uh, you know, using the example that I heard over and over again of me getting let go during the pandemic, right? Everything happens for a reason. And look, what came out of this? I got my doctor, like I started my doctoral program. So much came out of getting let go. Do I think that was like the big plan for me? I don't know. Happy to hear arguments on either side from listeners if you'd like to get into that with me. But definitely everything happens for a reason because you're meant to grow and learn from the things that are happening um, and look for new opportunities. I love that, that everything happens for a reason, not because it's like pre-planned and that's because it's like a destiny thing, but because you learn and grow from it. And that then just brings you closer to your like the highest version of yourself, because as you continue to learn and grow, you just continue to, yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. I love that. Amazing. Okay. Last question. It's not going to be as like deep. Um, but I think it's really cool because again, um, like similar to like friends and, you know, relationships, uh, other people who are in like our age bracket are also trying to figure out like how they relate to themselves. So this was my segue. (laughs) So what are your hobbies? That's an important way of relating to yourself. This person said they don't feel like they have any. Yes. Um, And I think that was a huge realization for a lot of people during the pandemic because we were inside or that your hobbies, you know, weren't able to be done inside. So a lot of people took up new hobbies. Mm -hmm. Um, Personally, I mean, can you count like sitting on the couch and rewatching shows as hobbies? Because if so, that's my number one. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, but I have recently been, uh, um, I guess this counts as a hobby right now, getting re- getting into more energy work with you, Barry. So um, I look to incorporate that more into my life as I continue to do this work. But right now, I think I would count it just as a hobby, um, mm-hmm. tarot reading and uh, mm-hmm. learning more about crystals um, and just more mindfulness, spiritual work. Um, I do cross stitch. I'll share one of my itch- issues is that I hyper fixate on a hobby. Um, this could be pinpointed to some of my ADHD diagnosis. Um, mm-hmm. but so during the pandemic, I think I cross-stitched all the dopamine out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like through insomnia phases, like through everything I like cross-stitched up the wazoo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that was one, if you're, I think stepping back my advice here, um, since this person just asked what my hobbies are, but I'm going to tell you how to find some hobbies is to think about like, what kind of hobbies you want. Are you an active person? Are you a crafty person? Are you artsy? Cause that's different than crafty. You can ask my sister who's <laughs> crafty. Um, you know, why, what do you like doing? Do you like just sitting on the couch and watching TV? Maybe a hobby for you is to pick up a video game. Maybe it's to binge watch, I don't know, uh, all of Game of Thrones and have like conversations about it, right? Like totally, you have to figure out what kind of hobby vibe you're going for and just buy the stuff and like do it. And don't be afraid to quit if you don't like it. I think that's another thing just because like I bought all the stuff to cross stitch had I not liked it. <laughs> yes. To push myself to do it. 
So try new things, figure out what you like. What are your hobbies other than the two I just named that we did? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but uh, lots of binging um, uh, television and then also um, kind of getting into that spiritual energy work. Um, I just did like a bunch of tarot readings at um, the Zoo Fest and everyone was like, are you a professional? I was like, I'm a hobby reader. So I very much identify with that. Um, What else do I, oh God, Um, I try to be active. Um, I was a dancer. So I know that like a lot of times when my body is very stressed out, movement is really important. So um, when my body likes to cooperate, I like to I like to use my Peloton um, and playing with my dogs. I know you know what that's like too. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> some of my, I think that's my number one hobby is hanging with the dogs. Yes, definitely. And podcasts, love and listen to podcasts. Yes. Yes. Like subscribe, review this one too. Yes. Rate, review, subscribe. Thanks everyone. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So I know we didn't get through all the questions. So if you are someone that submitted a question and we didn't get through it, it was purposeful so that we could keep this a shorter podcast for it being summer, it being the last one. Um, But what I'm going to do is keep all of these questions um, and either answer them in an Instagram live or maybe as an intro to season two. I haven't quite decided yet, Um, but thank you all so much for submitting them. Um, If there is something that comes up, a question that popped into your head based off this podcast that you're listening to, or you want more information of some of the stuff we talked about, feel free to reach out to me. I'm sure Barry would love some DMs in her Instagram too. Yeah, sure. Um, Totally. Yeah. So thank you all for tuning in to the first season of Comfy with Carly podcast. It was so amazing and I learned so much. I grew so much. I made amazing connections. Um, and I really challenged myself. It is not easy to start and continue a podcast. So thank you for bearing with me as I figure this out. Um, we will be back for season two sometime in September. So tune into at comfy with Carly on Instagram for any announcements and exciting stuff is also being dropped in August outside of this podcast. So you definitely should, uh, go ahead and follow so that you can stay in the know. And thank you, Barry, for being here on my last episode of season one. I'm honored, honored to have been invited. Well, until next time, everyone, continue to put on sweatpants and wrap yourself in blankets and drink hot coffee or iced coffee or hot chocolate, whatever you do to get comfy and continue to have uncomfortable conversations in an effort to make them more comfortable. And thank you all so much. Mm -hmm.